Hey, Justin here with Stay at Home Dads Podcast. Welcome to the show. Welcome to this place I talk about a lot of different topics that I deal with and think about. Things with my kids, my family, parenting struggles I have, tips I come across, as well as a few little guide tidbits and other interesting facts and stories I like to talk about. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you for downloading. All right, so I was spending entirely too much time on social media once again the other night, and it sparked this topic, this idea. Fads, as you can probably guess by the title. Some of these uber popular ideas and methods that come and immediately get picked up by somebody, they become really popular, you know, people start posting and talking about it. And I just thought it would be kind of fun to kind of go through a few of these different fads. Are they really just fads? Are they genuinely helpful? Will they stick around? Will they stand the test of time? So anyways, back to my social media scouring I was doing, I came across an ad or it was an account for selling mouth tape. Hostage tape was the product that I saw. It was their page that I was on. And they say to tape your mouth shut, to train your body to breathe through your nose. I thought to myself, really? This seems kind of kind of crazy. I was like, why in the hell does it matter? I've always figured, you know, just breathe through one or the other, either your nose or your mouth or one nostril in your nose. I know we've all kind of experienced that as well. Well, this hostage tape company says breathing through your nose will drastically improve your sleep. It'll reduce snoring, reduces waking up and feeling fatigued, and even can help with dental hygiene by reducing cavities and gum disease. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. I'm, I'm reading more. I'm intrigued. They say that we are supposed to be breathing through our noses all the time. That's what our nose is for. And this tape will improve sleep quality by forcing us to breathe through our nose. And for a lot of people, apparently the only way to get them to breathe through their nose is by taping their freaking mouth shut. So I don't know, maybe they're onto something. It sounds, you know, like I said, I'm intrigued. Sounded kind of crazy. Yeah. And the first thing I thought was if I tape my mouth shut, I'm going to wake up in a panic because I'm, because I can't breathe or I'm not going to wake up at all and I'm going to die. That's kind of the first thing that comes to mind when you tape your mouth shut. And it's funny how they market this thing. They say there's this amazing treatment that makes you feel happy, makes you feel less depressed, enhances memory, keeps you slim, wards off colds and flus, and even cancer, and reduces food cravings. And that one treatment is improving your sleep. And I guess that's what this whole hostage tape thing is trying to sell. They're just selling one thing that improves the sleep. So that's all they're doing. Or at least it's supposed to improve your sleep, according to them. But that one thing, uh, I mean, I agree, that one thing has a huge effect across your whole life. Sleep. I mean, everything boils down to getting enough sleep, you know, muscle building and cognitive function and, and even your happiness and stress and anxiety and all that stuff. So it does really boil down to that one thing. So I read some comments on the post and their page that I was looking at, and people were very concerned about not being able to breathe or not waking up or being too stuffy, or whatever, having a hard time just breathing through their nose, or being forced to breathe through their nose. And the account was actually commenting back and answering questions. They say that your body won't just stop breathing, that you will wake up before anything happens. And 
Also, if you're super stuffy or you have a really bad cold, then use some common sense and maybe skip that night. Maybe wait till your cold is over to actually slap this tape on your mouth, which that makes sense to me. I mean, it seems pretty logical, right? Well, I decided to try it. Now, I didn't spend the 30 or 40 bucks or whatever on the hostage tape, which is some fancy tape that's breathable and doesn't tear your skin off and all that. I went straight to the good old roll of medical tape that I have in the bathroom. You know, the white one-inch stuff. You know what I'm talking about. The stuff you usually stick your kid's band-aids on with or wrap a patch around your finger or whatever. That's what I used. Well, I'm going on night 15 of doing this. Yes, I've done this for two weeks now. You know, I get ready for bed, slap this little piece of tape on my mouth, and go to sleep. It's a little weird, at least with the tape that I'm using. It really kind of sticks and tickles to your face, but I think I'm getting used to it. And I don't know, I just slap it on there and I fall asleep. And I thought for sure that I would feel like I was trying to blow up a balloon, like I'm breathing so forcefully or I have a lot of pressure going in and out of my nose or, you know, I was going to struggle breathing all night with this heavy, restricted breathing. But honestly, I'm not. It's actually not as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I still wake up from time to time. I think that's just kind of been my pattern. I'm a pretty light sleeper. Anytime my kids move in the hallway or open a door, I'm immediately almost always in tune to it. I hear it and I kind of wake up and I recognize that they're doing something. So I think I'm a light sleeper anyways. But my nose has stayed clear all night long. No trouble there. I seem to sleep pretty well. I for sure don't have the dry mouth or dry lips or anything like that. I'm not snoring and waking up my wife. And I think I can actually breathe easier out my nose now that I've been doing this for quite a few days. Like, I don't know if my lungs are stronger or something, or it just seems a little easier to breathe out my nose. I don't know. Sounds weird, but day 15 feels easier to breathe out my nose when I sleep than day one and day two. So maybe there's something there. Maybe I'm just a natural nose breather, though, and that's why I don't notice a huge difference. I kind of thought I was going to notice this huge difference, and I don't. So I guess only time will tell if I'm really, really sleeping better. So, I mean, I'm still tired in the morning, but I also have children, so maybe that is why. I don't know. So I wanted to get a couple opinions from some sleep experts and things online and kind of see what they said, and... Uh, See if this is a good or a bad thing. I mean, initially you think it's bad. Well, the Cleveland Clinic said there is not enough research for them to even get behind this trend or deal with it. So, pff, you know, they're out, they're gone, they don't care. The Sleep Foundation said that mouth taping might be beneficial as a snoring treatment with mild obstructive sleep apnea. So there you go, it might take care of some sleep apnea people, patients. And wearing a porous patch caused all the participants in a study to breathe through their nose. It also changed the angle of their palate and their tongue, which led to much less snoring. So if you're trying to get rid of snoring, this might be something to look into. Because it sounds like, at least in their study, snoring was drastically reduced. But they also say that more research needs to be done. Both of these sites do say side effects being skin irritation and pain when taking off the tape and possible discomfort or difficulty breathing, which, yes, breathing through your nose can be, you know, a little bit uh, different than just having your mouth gaped open and breathing through your mouth. But notice the real side effects here are skin irritations. They didn't say you're going to die. They didn't say you're going to starve your brain of oxygen. Just your poor, delicate facial skin 
might get a little tender from the tape. So that's kind of good. That's good. And there is a scientific advantage to breathing through your nose. It humidifies and warms the air coming into your body. It produces nitric oxide, which helps widen blood vessels and improve oxygen circulation in your body. And it improves lung capacity, reducing coughing as well, plus a bunch of other little things. So I think this whole mouse taping would be, you know, something to try if you're having some of these problems. And see, I guess I am breathing better because it just said that breathing through your nose improves lung capacity and oxygen circulation in your body. So it's true. That was terrible. Anyways, granted, do this at your own discretion. If you're all stuffed up or you're paranoid that this is going to kill you, then maybe you shouldn't do it. If it just freaks you out to sleep with something stuck on your face, then maybe don't do it. If you think you're going to die, maybe don't do it. So, you know, travel at your own risk there. But another option is you could also do this when you're awake and maybe train your body to get used to it. Slap a piece of tape on and do some duties around your house, maybe go for a walk or whatever and keep doing that for a while and kind of see how that goes if you want to try it out. That's an option as well. So anyways, like I said, this mouth taping business got me thinking about other trends or fads or other things that may be on the horizon that uh, are going to come and go, fizzle out, or stick around and stay. So I wanted to just kind of talk about a few other things here in today's episode. First trend that really kind of sticks out in my mind is the ice bath. And man, the first time I remember anything to do with an ice bath or ice bathing was way back when I was a kid. And I remember seeing these guys jump in frozen lakes, like in Chicago or in Minnesota or whatever. Usually these big old dudes, big bellies, you know, these, these big husky dudes doing this challenge. I think it was called the, the polar bear plunge or the polar plunge or something back then. I distinctly remember this as a kid. Well, apparently... They've been doing that. I just looked it up. They've been doing that for years, since like 1900s, at least, according to Wiki. They've been, you know, jumping in lakes around the United States and in Canada and probably other countries as well. Well, now fast forward 30 years from my childhood, and now every athlete, Rick Johnson, Joe Rogan, bodybuilder, social media promoter are pushing cold water immersion therapy or whatever fancy term they want to use to call this, polar plunging. It's in countless Instagram posts of, you know, if you follow fitness people or influencers or anything else, there's all these people saying how amazing this stuff is. People talking about how unbearably badass it is and all the benefits that it touts. And companies are also popping up all over the place selling these plunge tubs. So what are the benefits? What what good does this do? I know a lot of podcasters have talked about it. There's, uh, what's his name? Huberman Lab, that guy. He's talked about it a lot. He's kind of a cool, sciencey doctor guy. He talks about the benefits of cold plunging. If you want to check that out, check it out. But according to my swell internet searching, uh, an orthopedic doctor says that it is actually shown to help with strength, fatigue, muscle soreness, and inflammation. They also say to be cautious, though, because the cardiopulmonary system can experience a shock due to the temperature changing. So might get into a little heart attack territory, I guess. But from reading all the social media posts, and I know we don't hang on every word that social media people say, plus a little bit of my own experience with cold immersion, well, not necessarily cold immersion, more like a cold shower that I have hopped into begrudgingly, but it's more of a personal feeling. It taps more into 
your mentality a little bit. Yes, it may be a form of physical therapy, but I think there's a lot of mental therapy going on there as well. Reducing stress, pushing your body to handle stress, the cold water, and not freaking out over it. You're overcoming something like that, right? You're getting yourself out of your comfort zone. You're having your body react to cold-ass water, right? That's out of your comfort zone. And I could see how that would build some resilience, just doing those things, doing hard things. Also, this is something that anyone can do from a cold shower aspect anyways to accomplish that same feeling or that same stress reduction. I myself, I can hardly handle the cold shower. I've done it a few times and I'm kind of a wuss in that aspect. I'll be honest, I didn't, I didn't like it. I don't have the balls to commit to the cold shower and stand there for a bunch. It's, it's, I know it's not supposed to be fun, but I hated it, I'll be honest. Maybe a cold tub would be easier for me, I don't know. So here's a few more from an IG post on the cold plunge account that I was talking about. And they say that the benefits are improved muscle recovery by reducing inflammation, I already mentioned that, increased circulation, Saying that in the cold, blood vessels will constrict and then expand. I'm not really sure how that works when you get in cold water and stay in cold water. Maybe they talk about expanding when you come out of the cold water. I don't know. Anyways, they also say reduce stress and anxiety. The shock can even activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which promotes calmness and reduces stress. Boosts immune system by stimulating the production of white blood cells, which strengthens the immune system, according to... Instagram anyways, and enhance mood and mental clarity by releasing endorphins during and after a cold plunge. Now, I don't necessarily know about all that stuff. A, I'm not a doctor at all. I tell that to you almost on a weekly basis. I'm not. And B, that was read from an Instagram post. So take it for what it's worth, like I said. But I do think it's good to do. If you can do that sort of thing, then you can probably do anything. If you can overcome the tub, then you have the mindset to overcome a lot of things in your life. So that's kind of a a fun way to look at it. And I think it does help with immunity and not getting sick. Granted, like I said, I'm not a doctor, but, you know, making your body adapt and fight off the cold, the cold water, making your body really work when most of us are always in this constant state of cozy comfort. We are in our warm bed, we're in our air-conditioned house, we're in our air-conditioned car, we're taking our hot showers. We're always in this state of, I don't know how to really word it, it's just we're always in this comfort state. We never push ourselves one way or the other. So I think doing that could be good for your immune system, could be good for your mental clarity as well, like they said. I'm debating turning my hot tub down maybe one of these days and using it as a cold tank and see if I can handle that. Maybe I'll have the balls for that. I don't know. But uh, that's an option. I might do that. And I do think it's here to stay. I think cold plunges are here to stay. Maybe some of the fanfare will die off. The celeb social posting and the pushing will go down a bit. But I think it's got enough benefits. And despite it kind of blowing up here in the past couple years, Cold plunges have been around for a long-ass time. I read somewhere online that cold water therapy has been used since like 3500 BC. So it's nothing new. Doctors were prescribing it back then to help people with ailments. So just like the hot tub in the sauna, those are mainstays in the 
health and wellness kind of aspect, I think a cold plunge is going to sit right next to those. All right, next one that comes to mind is weight loss shots or drugs. This has kind of been a hot one lately in the news, online. I even saw it on uh, the Today Show, Ozempic, if you haven't heard of that. These injectables for type 2 diabetes that people are using to lose weight. So what do they do? These injections temporarily turn down your appetite so you're not as hungry and then you eat less. And according to Time Mag, the average person loses about 15% of their total body weight in a little over a year's time, which that's good. 15% is, that's a lot of weight if you, you know, but they also say these drugs are meant to be used long-term, like a diabetic would use them. That's what they're for, not short-term. So when people that are on it for weight loss stop taking it, what happens? Their weight comes back. All their weight comes back. Okay, that's what happens. They stop taking the shots. Boom. No shit. All your weight comes back. So why does this happen? Well, my opinion is because you haven't changed anything in your life to promote weight loss aside from eating smaller meals because an injection is making you eat smaller meals because you're not hungry. But your same relationship with food is still there. Your cravings or uncontrollable cravings are still there. The moment you're hungry, you're eating. Your bad habits are still there. Your alcohol intake may still be the same or more. You've never really changed your lifestyle and formed good habits around keeping the weight off. And that's just my opinion on why it doesn't work long term. So people take the shot, their appetite goes down, they eat less, they lose weight, then they stop taking the shot. Well, their appetite just comes back and all their relationships with food is still there. So then there you go. You're back to where you were or maybe even worse. I don't know. So that's why I and experts say stick to the basics, make good choices, drink less alcohol, prioritize protein, and just follow a sustainable diet and, and work out. And not even work out like go to a gym. Go for a walk in your neighborhood every day. That's like a good place to start, honestly. So is this fad going to stick around? I don't really think so. It's not sustainable. It's super expensive because the drugs should be used for diabetics. They shouldn't be used for weight loss. So I think there's people that are charging a shit ton for them. So it's expensive. And who wants to take an injection that they don't necessarily have to? Seems kind of crazy. I, I wouldn't want to do that. So there's that. All right, speaking of injections, I just want to talk about something real quick, and that's steroids. Do you think steroids will ever be normalized? I mean, I'm not saying steroids are a fad because people use, have used steroids for years and years and years, so it's not like this new fad or anything. I think we're seeing more of it in the aspect of celebrities or liver king type people or other people talk about it, so we see it a little bit more. But why is there all the stigma around them? I know I'm not promoting them. Don't get me wrong. I know there can be bad for you. They can have very terrible, harmful side effects. But why else? Why, is, why else is there a bunch of stigma around them? I mean, you take a look at any huge muscled up actor in any number of movies. And in all the interviews, what do they say? They never admit to it, A. And then they say, oh, it's chicken and broccoli and training five hours a day with my personal trainer. And I mean, I get it. They don't want to sound like they're promoting an illegal drug to their fans, but I think they could be a little more honest about it. Instead of insinuating that normal Joe Blows can reach that level with just hard work and a good diet, which yeah, a lot of guys can 
reach a pretty good potential, but they're not going to be to that crazy upper super jacked 230 pound six foot dude with 10% body fat. Like that's not, I don't know. I don't think that's, that's you're, you're promoting something that's unobtainable. I don't know. Tangent. Sorry. Tangent. All right, let me wrap this up. I know I've been kind of rambling today. So this last fad or trend that I want to talk about is AI. Do we know what AI is? Artificial intelligence, the simulation of human intelligent processes by machines. We all remember Terminator, right? That's exactly what I think of when someone talks about AI, because that's just what comes to mind. We have all seen that movie. So ChatGTP, Google AI, there's a bunch of them out there right now, bunch coming out right now, and honestly, it's pretty awesome. It's pretty cool, and especially when you start reading about all the stuff it can do, but on the other hand, it is freaking terrifying as well. And I'm not going to get into how it works because I don't know how it works. Like I've said before, I'm not a doctor, but I'm also not a scientist or an engineer. So I don't want to just read a bunch of things that I don't understand off the internet, but I will link a couple of articles and things if you want to read more about it. But AI is in how I understand it. When I have used it, it's just a system, not just a system, but it's a system that takes a bunch of data and then somehow uses that to make predictions and answer questions in the form of a chat bot or a program. And I think it pulls stuff. Does it pull stuff from the internet? I'd imagine it does. Anyways, I used chat GTP the other week to kind of just play around with it and see how it works. I took a little conference thing and they went over chat GTP with podcasting and I took that and watched that and it was very interesting. Got a lot of helpful tips, so I decided to play with it. And plus, I was having some writer's block on trying to come up with a podcast title the other week. So... I was like, hey, I'll try this, this uh, AI stuff out. So I fed it some exact info, something along the lines of, give me a podcast title about fitness from the perspective of a fitness coach who promotes working out at home or something to that effect, something along that line. And it spit out a title. And if I didn't like that title, I could feed the chatbot more information about what I was looking for and then ask it to give me more titles. And it was actually really easy to do. And it came up with some really good shit too. I was like, wow, okay, this, this does work. And it, it, just, it just popped out something. And then I, you, know, you change it and modify it a little bit. This is my personal experience with it. And there you go. It gave me a, it gave me a podcast title. And like I said, this was a basic version of what this program is called, ChatGPT. And I believe they've actually come out with a newer version of it, GPT-4. That does stuff with photos and videos and even voice. It can actually mimic and copy your voice and say stuff. So it's very, very strange and very interesting. Pretty awesome too, I guess. I guess use a bunch of adjectives there. But I think we've all heard about these AI systems helping people, helping people with their jobs, writing scripts, putting slideshows together for work, writing kids' school papers, even you know taking the bar exam. In passing. And then I heard of another one where it developed a treatment for cancer in just 30 days using something called Alpha Field. So AI is even changing the way drugs are used and the way drugs are discovered. And I really think this stuff is going to, like I said, help people do their jobs like we've already found out. But eventually it could, it could take some people's jobs. It could come to find that 
hey, this program, this one person can use this program and do five people's work. And it just took five jobs, you know? So there's that aspect of it too. And since I've primarily today been talking about fads and trends within the health and wellness industry, I imagine AI will be, at some point, if it's not already, writing workout programs tailored exactly to you. Taking into account your goals, your body type, your schedule, even what you eat, and creating meal plans and workout plans for you to follow. Maybe even customizing what you eat by what ingredients you have at home. Maybe what you have in your pantry or what your dietary limitations are. You could probably plug all this information in and it's going to give you all this data back. And I have no idea. Maybe some of these things already exist. Like I said, I'm just barely dabbling in this AI business, but I think it's going to be front and center for sure. Actually, I do think someone uploaded a picture of their fridge to AI and then AI gave it a recipe to make from the ingredients that it saw in a photo of a refrigerator. I think I heard that somewhere and that's pretty damn impressive if you ask me. And can you imagine this chat GPT, this AI stuff today is reminiscent to what the internet was in the 90s, right? Slow, beginning in its infant stages, slow dial up, not really a lot going on with it, maybe except for the sale of the Pam and Tommy tape, because I watched that show on Hulu. It was actually pretty good. And now look at what the internet is today. It's this information superhighway. It's got all this stuff on it. Anything you can possibly think about searching for, it's there. Speed, connection, it connects you with people. It's just leaps and bounds from where it was in the 90s. So today, this AI stuff is just in the beginning. And at least at the hands of the masses, it's just in its infant stages, like I said. So just imagine where it's going to be in 25 or 30 years down the road. It's going to be insane, I think. So anyways, to kind of wrap this all up, are you going to try mouth tape? Are you going to tape your mouth? I think you should. I think you should give it a shot, especially if you have a problem with snoring or sleeping with your mouth open and getting dry mouth in the middle of the night. I think you should give it a try. Maybe try it with the medical tape first. Or you could go on their website. I'll link it in the description. This is not like a paid thing. I'm just talking about it because I think it's interesting, but I'll link it. It's hostage tape. You can buy their tape if you want, but uh, give it a shot. See, see if it makes you sleep any better. And I think it may be a little bit fatty, kind of feels a little bit like a fad, but we shall, we shall see. Also with ice baths, I think they're here to stay. Like I said, if you have any tips for me, on not being a chicken shit to get into one or to take that cold shower, let me know. I'd like to hear what you have to say. I can't handle it. I need, uh, I need, some, uh, I need some help. Also, weight loss drugs. Well, I think it's a fad. I think weight loss stuff like that comes and goes constantly. So I think it's going to go away. I think it's better to change the mindset than take an injection, make those small changes in your life, and have a lasting impact. So... That's my opinion there. And AI, well, what do you think of it? Have you ever used it? Do you want to use it? Are you scared of it? Do you think it's, you know, bad and going to be the downfall of society? Elon Musk said that we should really pump the brakes on this AI stuff because it's moving way too fast and it could get out of control. So there is that. And there was even this chat GPT-4 model that lied to a human online to get them to pass an anti-bot CAPTCHA test for them. So then this 
chatbot or chat model could do its task that these scientists told it to do. So it's pretty crazy that a chatbot lied to a human to accomplish a task. So this is kind of opening Pandora's box here. Maybe we should be careful. I don't know. But like I said, this is just the tip of the iceberg for all this stuff. Anyways, that's about all I have for today's episode of Stay Home Dad's podcast. So fad, not fad, what do you think? Let me know. Just hop over to podbean.com or check out my new Instagram page, stayathomedads underscore podcast. Leave me a message. Leave me a comment. Let me know what you think. Let me know what I should talk about next. Let me know who I should talk to. I'll talk to anybody. Still working on guests too. Don't worry. I'm still uh, working on that stuff. So anyways, thank you for listening today and I will talk to you all next week. Bye.